0: On the latest episode of The Drum Shuffle, Jamie Eads talks with Bernie Drezel, former longtime drummer of the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Find The Drum Shuffle wherever you listen to podcasts, thedrumshuffle.com, J A M I E E A D S J-A-M-I-E-E-A-D-S.com. You want me to get out? You get out. Do you smell almonds? Nice mustache. You don't know what my breath smells like chess pass through him. I'm very excited about that. I'm also very nervous. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hey there, from the Dire Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 2 Monmouth, follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV, Twitter, tweeting on Twitter, as of right now, (laughs) I'm questioning Twitter after reading some uh, some of the WVU fans tweets during the first half of the Monmouth game, but as of right now, still there, find me at I'm Josh Witt, Facebook, you know, you still got the Facebook, I do. And there's an Unreasonable Doubt podcast page on Facebook. Find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. No emails on episode two, but you can send me one and I'll read it. UnreasonableDoubtWV at gmail.com Let's look at last year. The first game of the Advocare Invitational. West Virginia played Marist. And Marist was terrible. And West Virginia barely beat Marist. Move to 2018. The Myrtle Beach Invitational. First game against Monmouth. And Monmouth is bad. They're 0-3 coming into the game. They're going to be a bad team. West Virginia struggled with them in the first half. Ended up winning the game 71-53. So... Better than the Marist game last year. People forget about the Marist game. I will never forget the Marist game. And that team last year that struggled with Marist gave Villanova a game in the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. So I don't think this team, this 2018 19 team, is as good as last year's. But we handled. The first round of a meaningless tournament this year better than last year. <laughs> For what that's worth. First game of the year against Buffalo, West Virginia had 19 turnovers. Huggins, I'm sure, you know, we we watched film, talked about how we need to take care of the basketball. This game, West Virginia had 18 turnovers. <laughs> So we, we drop by one. 20 games into the season, will be turnover free. If we keep going at this rate, as far as watchability, the Buffalo game, and there, it was overtime, so it was a little bit longer, 45 minutes of basketball. There were 49 fouls called. Second game against Monmouth, 48 fouls. So again, we're seeing improvements in the number of fouls. Matter of fact, Monmouth was beating West Virginia at their own game. Monmouth had seven fouls after five and a half minutes. (laughs) West Virginia was shooting bonus free throws five minutes into the game. Uh, Refs are fine, you know. Refs are fine in that they're all terrible. Especially early in the season. Everybody's got their notes of what they need to be looking for. And a game called in November in Myrtle Beach is going to be called differently than <laughs> a game in March. But So, this game better than the Marist game. Here, here's the major problem I see. Besides the turnover thing. Turnovers are really bad. You shouldn't have 18 turnovers against Monmouth. Huggins can't sub out Chase Harler. And I like Chase Harler, and he had a good game against Monmouth, but Huggins can't get Chase Harler out of the game. He a hundred percent led the team in minutes for the second straight game. I don't like that, is what I'm saying without being disrespectful to Chase Harler. The, the the leading menace guy Huggins can't look out there and say we can't we gotta leave Chase in. <laughs> last year we had to leave Javon Carter in. And I ha, I was not cool with that last year and didn't like it. But I understood it. I get it. I don't understand how you can't sub out Chase Harler. Maybe that's a me problem. I don't know. Uh what else happened in this game? Jordan McKay, much better second game than the first game. Brandon Napper? uh, Huggins waited a while to bring Napper in. Napper comes in, immediately throws the ball away. Then he got burned for a layup, full court. Then the next possession, he threw the ball away again. Then when Monmouth comes down, he gives up an offensive rebound. And then we didn't see Brandon Napper again. So rough second game. I'm not going to go player by player the new guys. But as far as point guards, the little guys, uh, McCabe hit some open threes. He only had one turnover. Uh, Napper was in for like two minutes and turned the ball over twice. And, and it wasn't his game. Let's see how he does the next game. Uh, but guys and ladies, but I think it was all guys on Twitter freaking out. This get this team is terrible. This is the worst team I've seen. I that I guess this is a me problem. I need to stay off of Twitter during the game. Because at the end it's like, "Oh, thank goodness. We we beat Monmouth." But that first half, when when Monmouth was leading, <laughs> oh no! Random thoughts coming up. Hey Josh, you keep talking about on the podcast these discount deals from Woody's goodies. I like me some premium prices when I buy merchandise. Why don't you talk about a place where I can pay premium prices. Dude, get out of here. I'm not talking about premium prices, I'm I'm a man who likes a discount deal. And I'll keep telling my audience where they can find a discount deal. They They can find that at Woody's Goodies and there's two locations. Marmette, West Virginia at 9000 McCorkle Avenue, St. Albans, West Virginia at 1603 McCorkle Avenue. Inventory changes every day. They let you know what's going to be in the store the next day on their Facebook page. So if you're on the Facebook, type in Woody's Goodies, see what's going to be in the store the next day and get there early. Because the good stuff is priced low. It's not going to last all day. Woody's Goodies. Discount deals. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The game tonight and the and the Myrtle Beach Invitational is being held in what looks like the Medieval Toms Arena. <laughs> uh small arena, coastal Carolina, not a big university. The football stadium looks like it's a uh how do I put this? It's like if you made a Lego football stadium to replicate a regular football stadium. That's what Coastal Carolina has, but it's real life. So the basketball stadium, small. Is it bigger than the Medieval Times Arena? I don't know. It's comparable. Is it bigger than the Pirates Voyage? Dinner Theater? I don't know. Is it bigger than the Alabama Theater? No. Alabama Theater's bigger. Is it bigger than the Carolina Opry? No. Carolina Opry uh bigger. Is it Is it bigger than the House of Blues in North Myrtle Beach? Yes. Yes, I can I can say for certain it is. Is it bigger than the Legends? <laughs> the Legends show concert arena? House, I've never been in there, but it is probably bigger than that. What I'm saying is, as small as the arena is, they could have got creative with the choices. There's plenty of big buildings in Myrtle Beach. Are you telling me you wouldn't watch the Myrtle Beach Invitational and be more intrigued if there were horses hanging out and there was a king and queen? Like behind the rim watching the game and giant horns like signifying timeouts and stuff like that and, a, and an eagle flying around during a basketball game. You tell me you wouldn't be interested in that? You can't tell me, Dad. I won't listen to it. But get a bigger arena for, for an invitational tournament. <laughs> By the way, uh, Big shock. Uh, most of the people in the arena were WVU fans. You could have never guessed that the second home of all West Virginians uh, would have a 95% turnout of WVU fans. So this is the Myrtle Beach Invitational. These, consider these next two games and the game tonight home games just in a smaller stadium. (laughs) Is it bigger than Paula Deen's kitchen at Broadway at the beach? Yeah, it is bigger. It's not that much bigger, though. You know? Uh, Is it bigger than the Wahlburgers? I don't know. I mean, we could just go on for days about (laughs) comparing the size of the Coastal Carolina arena to other structures in Myrtle Beach. Um. This is something that was said during the ESPN broadcast. I've I've made it very clear that Monmouth is not a good team. Uh, they're not going to win a lot of basketball games. And yet, the announcer, and I, I, I'm not going to quote it because I might have got a word or two off, but this is essentially what he said. And the, this, of course, happened when Monmouth was winning in the first half. Quote. You know what? I'm going to quote it. Quote. It can be a dangerous team, especially when you see this team in practice how much they believe in one another. Unquote. <laughs> I've got big problems with his with his statement. Uh, it can be a dangerous team. No, they cannot. I, I, I don't think they're going to win a game in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Even worse is the part where he says, when you see them in practice, how much they believe in one another. Hey, man, that's not something you can see. He didn't watch practice and say, you know what, and jot down in his notebook, based on looks, these guys believe in one another, and that's going to make them dangerous. That's not true. He just felt compelled to say something that wasn't true. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying I have problems with multiple parts of that quote that I just told you. Even better, after he said that, a few seconds later, one of the Monmouth guys shot a five-footer over the backboard. (laughs) It hit the top of the backboard and went over. And that was a dangerous shot because of how far off it was. It could have hurt somebody in the second row uh, especially if they were in the medieval times arena. Uh, and finally, some some team news. Derek Culver suspended indefinitely for violating team rules. Uh, he did not make the trip. He was not there. That was reported a little bit before the game. I saw it on Mike Kazaza's feed, friend of the podcast. We don't need Derek Culver right now. It'd be nice to get him in. We've got plenty of big guys right now. Kanate is, is finger-waving in the second game. Andrew Gordon, not as great in the second game as the first game, but still, was fun to see him out there. He's still my favorite player. Uh, but Derek Culver, get it together, man. It'd be nice to have you around. You are, you are the highest-rated recruit of all the new guys. Um, do what you're supposed to do. Stop violating team rules. We miss you and we want you back. Final thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. Do you like the new logo? They created that logo. Dire Prime helped me; they'll help you too. I love working with Dire Prime. They are a full-service graphic shop, making custom designs for every job. They charge no design or screen fees, and they can put your design on, and I'm not making this up, over one million promotional products. One million. So think about it. Do you want your logo on a paper plate? They can do it. Could they put your design on a welding mask? I don't know. Text or call them to find out. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at direprime.com. D Y E R P R I M E.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at direprime. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Hey, ESPN. I'm putting this on you. You said, hey. Come watch the WVU Monmouth game at 7 p.m. I go to check to make sure the DVR is recording the basketball game. And what do I see at 7 p.m.? ACC Coaches Roundup. What? Don't tell me 7 p.m. if it's not 7 p.m. That's dumb. It was three ACC coaches just talking. it was probably the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life I don't want to overstate this, but what I saw at 7 pm what I was wanting to see was WVU play basketball against Monmouth what I saw the most boring thing I've ever seen on television in my lifetime <laughs> And guess what came on after the basketball game was over on ESPNU? More ACC coaches roundup. Three different coaches. It looked pretty boring. Also, <laughs> that it still may be on ESPNU. Like it may be twenty-two hours of ACC coaches roundup. With two hours and change, you know West Virginia can never play a basketball game in two hours, of uh, like actual sports, but ESPN and ESPNU do better. That's it. Don't tell me it starts at 7. Even WVU was saying, watch the game at 7. And then it started at 7.30. I didn't like that. Kind of like the announcer. I'm not saying that they're lying. But just um, don't do that. Okay? Next game for WVU is tomorrow night, the second round of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. 9 p.m., or that's what they're telling us. So who knows when the game's going to start. ESPNU against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky won their first round game against Valparaiso. They're 2-1 and one on the season. They're not a bad team. And that's not based on anything I've seen, but going to the Ken Palm rankings, KenPomeroy, KenPom.com, the rankings Unreasonable Doubt Trust, they are 81st. So not bad. Buffalo's in the 40s. Western Kentucky's in the 80s. Let's see what happens tomorrow night. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Apple, Spotify, Google, Overcast. Shout out to the person who's listening on Pocket Cast, CastBox. Radio Public. Listen on all the platforms. Wherever you listen, subscribe to the podcast rate it 5 stars leave a review those are all nice things to do hey do you want a podcast t-shirt do you want a podcast sticker you can support the podcast like my distant relative Michael Witt he's supporting the podcast you can too $5 will get you a podcast sticker $10 will get you a podcast t-shirt visit anchor.fm slash unreasonable doubt slash support. Check out my Instagram feed to find out more. That's it. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt, WVU, for the 2018-19 season, is one and one.